Hey everybody, welcome back to Millennial Gaming Speak. We are on episode 26 for the week. I am your host, Logan Moore. Max Roberts is with me, as he always is. Hello, I double-checked the episode number this week, and 26 is correct. Yeah, so no goofs on Max part, Max's part this week. Um, yet. No, no goofs not yet. Not yet. He might have screwed up the show notes that we have here, but I guess we'll find out. Um, so welcome to Millennial Gaming Speak. A weekly video game podcast where we break down everything that's going on in the video game world. And yeah, we're recording late. I'm tired, but... Well, not only recording late at night, we're also recording late releasing, but that's fine. That's we fine. Had, we had a schedule conflict. Yes, we did. But all, all is good. It is late at night. It's actually so late that I made a cup of coffee because I was like, man, I should probably have some coffee. So I don't fall asleep in the middle of the episode. It's actually so late that I think everybody in the world is asleep except me. And well, I mean, the other people in the world, on the other side of the world, that's daytime for them. Is it? Can you prove that? You know, I can't actually. I cannot f- prove it. Probably not. It's Pro- true. Pro- the, the, it's, the world is flat. Yeah, so that was, was basically what I was everyone. going on. You can't prove that the world is round because you've never been to space. So You're absolutely right. I have not taken that giant leap for mankind, as it were. <sighs> Maybe one day. Uh, so welcome to the show. As always, we kickstart with some news. If you listened to the show last week, we said that we would, of course, be hitting up the Paris Games Week news from PlayStation, which we will do. But first things first, we wanted to start with some smaller tidbits of news that kind of slipped through the cracks last week that didn't involve Sony and PlayStation. And Max, one of those smaller stories was that Mirror's Edge was delayed from, I think, February until May now. So that's Correct. A, that's another Amundo. game that is now, I want to say it's out of the spring area. To me, spring is like always the only the first four months, and then summer's the next four, and so on and so on, mm-hmm. even though that's probably not very accurate. Um so Mirror's Edge it's, is delayed. Do you yeah, have Mirror, any interest uh, in this? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I loved the first Mirror's Edge. I don't, did you play it? Yeah, I played it. Yeah, it kind of it took that concept of parkour in first person and kind of proved that it could be done in a very cool and stylish and fun way. And, you know, it's it's kind of a cult game, which is exactly what it is. And I'm very excited to see this new one and, like, try it out. Yeah, me too. I like the I like the it, open world aspect for sure. That's probably mm-hmm. the most interesting thing to me. Yeah, and they they put it in February and then they um they delay and February is getting pretty crowded. Yeah, that's why I was really glad that this was pushed because so this got pushed to May, which I think is the perfect time for this game yeah, because it kind of reminds me of Dying Light this year. Dying Light kind of came out in this lull and really had the spotlight on it because it was a really good game that surprised a lot of people. Um, And Dying Light is kind of like Mirror's Edge with zombies, though. So I think right in May, it's going to have a similar effect as to uh, what even Batman had this year, where Batman came out in June and was kind of the only game out. And so I think this is going to be a really good spot for that game. And, you know, it gives them more time to polish it, which is always good. And, you know, for a game that a lot of fans have been waiting a long time for as polished as it can be i think is better for everyone 
Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this on the show before, but at this point, delays don't really bother me. Now, if Fallout was delayed right now, even though that comes out next week, that might bother me. But um, delays overall really don't really rub me the wrong way anymore, like they did when I was a kid. I understand that games are delayed purely to make them better at this point, and I am okay with that. So I also really want Mirror's Edge to kind of hit with a bunch of people this time and i hope that it is a game that i don't want to say the first one didn't resonate with a large audience because it clearly did um i i like that this game is coming out where it is though because i i want to see the sales numbers be up for it um this is a really good ubisoft property and it's really been untouched for the past what six or seven years now like we haven't seen anything we haven't seen this series in quite some time so Mm. i like that it's coming out in a vacuum now instead of coming out next to here here's i pulled it up just out of curiosity here is february as it's set up right now no way i pulled that up too okay i was gonna say there's xcom 2 battleborn Mm -hmm. firewatch gravity rush remastered mighty number nine street fighter five far cry primal and that's it for right now there was the interesting thing was on the 23rd uh which is when far cry primal and then uh deus ex mankind divided yeah i didn't even that say was deus the, ex for some reason. that was the day um i'm blanking on it mirror's edge was supposed to come out so so it was all three of those games on one day so and plus you know, that's ubisoft it's... stacking their games on top of each other which really doesn't make um, i keep saying ubisoft don't i i've said that twice now it's, it's ea yeah i was gonna say it's ea yeah i don't know why i've Wait, said ubisoft EA? twice what does ea do deus ex because Far Cry is UB. No, Deus Ex, I'm pretty sure, is Bethesda, if I'm not mistaken. Or, nope, it's, then Square, not stacking. it's Square Enix. Square. Yeah. Um. So they're not stacking, because UB is Far Cry, Square is Deus Ex, and then EA is... And then you have... Well, Search. you also have The Division and Hitman. Pretty close to each other there. Why do I think... My brain is shutting down. I thought Hitman was well. The division Ubisoft. is. I thought in Hitman March. was Ubisoft as well. You're you're going. Crazy. Yeah, I'm losing my on. mind. I'm trying to think but, of when these reveal trailers dropped. And yeah, it's it's not working. Right. February February is getting pretty crowded. Um, it's gonna be a tough a, a tough month for anyone's wallet. But I mean, really, be some fun gaming times. Just kidding. I'll still be playing Fallout. Um, Gosh, if you're still playing Fallout in February. No, I for sure will be. Yeah. That's nuts. Not like, I don't know if I'll be putting like tons of time into it every week, but I will still play that game for sure by February. That's, that just blows my mind. Why? That's just a lot of game. If there's really that, if you, if you're consistently playing it from next Tuesday until you know the end of february the tuesday in the end of february and that's what most of november december january it's like four months yeah. of a consistent play that's like i mean that's like what destiny is to you i haven't played destiny in a while but destiny and i know you'll say destiny has is, updates and expansions and well no i was thinking more raids. of the the community aspect, like I'm playing with friends, like Fallout is a very lonely game. You know, it's it's a very much it's more in my gaming experience. It'd be it'd be more akin to Witcher Three, 
Witcher 3 is a completely single-player game, and it's a big world, and you can run around and do what you want. So for that much content, like to carry you through four months, consistent play, it just it sounds like a lot, and it's very ambitious, which Fallout 4 is. So it's I'm very interested to see if that's the case when it comes around to February if you're still playing the game. I for sure will be. And then you got the season pass content, which I probably am going to get right away. That'll be a season uh, pass don't, buy right away. No, don't, don't, wait. Nope. You gotta, you gotta wait. Nope, because Bethesda no. has always done right by me. Their season pass content has always been superb. I've bought the season pass for um, Elder Scrolls 4 and 5. Fallout 3 was terrific. I trust them. I know they'll do fine. I'm fine with dropping that money right now. They have built up my trust over the past three games they've created. I mean, I really I don't have any room to say anything because actually I don't know if it's included or not with the collector's edition, but like Uncharted 4's DLC I will buy because I know there's single player DLC, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's I mean there's there are certain studios we just trust you just know endlessly with our wallet. Yep. So I don't have any problem with that. Um, before we turn this into too much of a Fallout thing, because I'm sure we will talk about Fallout a bunch within the next five days. And I really just want to keep thinking about it. But no, um, our next... Take a deep breath. Yeah, Take a deep it's breath. All right. I'm still trying to get over the fact that I held a copy of the game today and I couldn't play it, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> our next story involves Nintendo in numbers and bar graphs and pie charts and things like that. Uh, Nintendo held its annual financial report meeting. Max, I didn't read this story. Explain it. Well, it was last week uh, on October 29th. Nintendo was holding their... uh, It was kind of like a press event, but it was more a financial uh, report, policy briefing... um, for the company and with investors, you know, talking about their plans for the holidays here, uh, what they plan on doing within the next few years and new business plans, such as uh, their entry into the mobile market and their new systems and whatnot. And this was a very important meeting, more so than previous ones, uh, with the company's leadership changing recently uh, due to Iwata-san's recent death. So... They gave this whole presentation, and I'm going to kind of skim the basics, but they, you know, they, uh, 3DS sales have slightly dropped uh, in Japan comparatively uh, to last year in 2014, you know, nothing new like that. They dropped some facts about Animal Crossing. Uh, Apparently 70% of their consumers for Animal Crossing are female, which I thought was an interesting statistic, so they're trying to push this, uh, uh, push the female market uh, for their games, I guess the bro he also don't want to play Happy Home I mean, Designer. I love Animal. They'll stick to that. That could games. be the case. I think Happy Home Designer looks very interesting. Uh, I still haven't got my hands on it. I talked to, like some, to just try it I, out. I talked to somebody about it today, and they said it's just somebody who really loves Animal Crossing, and they said that they just didn't really care for it at all. They just felt like it was like it's, I think half it's a like game. a limited package. Yeah, it's like a limited package of the yeah. what you know to know and love. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing, we got an apology about the Amiibo cards related to Animal Crossing, saying they just could not keep up with demand and that more are shipping soon. Um, so 
that seems a little more genuine to me than purposely constraining amiibo supply uh, like they have here in the north. Uh, this sounds like they didn't expect the cards to be as hot a seller as they were. So, you know, figures like that. Uh, they did say that the 3DS still has games coming out, and there are unannounced titles still coming out before the end of this year um, for both the 3DS and Wii U. I thought that was very interesting. So there are games coming out we haven't heard of that will be out before the end of the year. So that's kind of piqued my interest. I immediately thought of Twilight Princess HD. We talked about that before, and actually later in the um, presentation on the PowerPoint, they showed off like this picture of all these Nintendo characters, and there was a very nice, high-quality Twilight uh, Twilight Link in the picture, like very nice and crisp HD look for him, uh, and people are speculating that could mean Twilight Princess HD is coming. So I feel like that could be one of those surprise games. Maybe? Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking probably, honestly, I bet it's more small stuff. Like, You think so? Yeah. Like, app- World of Goo 2. Like, downloadable stuff like that. Yeah. I I think Nintendo needs more heavy hitters this holiday, especially on Wii U besides Mario Maker, Yoshi Woolly World, and Splatoon. They've got um, Xenoblade, and they have Mario Tennis. Which, Mario Tennis is... Casual based. I mean, a lot of people love Mario Tennis. Don't get me wrong. It's supposed to be a really fun game. And then Xenoblade is very niche. And I think, I think having, I think being able to say, "Here's a Zelda game this holiday," just kind of out of the blue and surprise everyone, would draw some attention. But who knows? We'll see. Um, we need a Nintendo Direct. They did say a Direct would come out before the end of the year, but they didn't say when. Gosh, I'm dying for a Direct. But speaking of the Wii U, uh, they said that Splatoon and Mario Maker are hits. No surprise. Some new uh, Splatoon content coming out. You know, just those games really sold really well both in Japan and the U.S. Amiibo. Amiibo selling like crazy. It's wild. Surprise, surprise. The U.S. is the top consumer of Amiibo by a significant chunk. Like, more than half of the U.S. or half of Amiibo sales come from the u.s it's a a little crazy and it's like they don't supply us with what we want at all uh you know download games are up which is good i think you know it kind of proves that that market is growing uh nintendo strength they went into that's uh the slide where they showed off the twilight link with everyone else but you mean it's just a high quality screen of all their characters so who knows if it means anything if we're just reading into it too much. The next thing they talked about was expanding their franchises and their gaming population. And this is through their mobile platforms and then 3DS Wii U and the NX, which was pretty interesting. They have a new account system that's going to let you sign up with Facebook, Twitter, your email, whatever, you know. It's not going to be complicated, and these accounts all connect seamlessly from smart devices, PCs, and your video game systems. So it sounds like they're taking a universal approach to their new accounts. Now, whether this means your games speak across systems, totally different. They didn't address that, but it sounds like signing up is at least easier, which would be nice. Uh, This account system is called Surprise Nintendo Account, 
cool. Uh, from there, they went on to announce their new reward system, replacing Club Nintendo, which I was very excited for. Um, they've gone back and named it, I believe it's, was it My Nintendo? What was, do you remember the name of it back in the day? Which one? Nintendo's, like, club. Like, you were cool and hip. I'm scanning through the PowerPoint to find the specific name, but they used to... My Nintendo, yeah, that's what it is. I'm before sure. Club Nintendo... I didn't even know Before Club Nintendo, they had... Yeah, it w- you didn't get awards, rewards, uh, or anything, but you could, like, register your games and get, like, extended warranties on them, and there were forms, and... It was kind of connected with Nintendo Power, but it was just an online program for them. And then Club Nintendo came in and ushered that whole era in. Interesting fact, and what sucked was I had a My Nintendo account, and I registered a bunch of my DS games on there just because I saw I could do it, so I did it. And when Club Nintendo came out, I didn't get any coins for those games, and I couldn't register them because they were already registered in the past. So I lost out on like half my DS library. As far as points go, it sucked. Dang. Sucked a lot. And then, most importantly, uh, what they announced was their first cell phone mobile game, uh, which is called Mi Tomo. People speculate it's a combination of the Mii's and then Tomodachi Life. And it, it looks like that. It's You create your Mii, you have conversations with your Mii, your Mii goes out and talks to other Mii's, they chat, you make friends, you play games... All this weird stuff. Uh, you might learn things about friends you didn't even know. You know, it's, it seems to focus very much on the social element. I really don't know how the game part comes into this. It sounds more like a social platform than a game. But, you know, Tomodachi Life was kind of a weird hit for a lot of people. So that's kind of their plan. They plan to have, I believe, four or five more games out before, by the end of March 2017. And those will have kind of their bigger IPs and focus more on gameplay than uh, a social element to it. But, you know, that kind of just is a complete overview of Nintendo's presentation uh, and report for that. Obviously, the biggest news there was the cell phone game Mitomo and probably, you know, the account system stuff and kind of gives you a glimpse and a tiny, tiny glimpse into the future they said there was going to be some cloud save services and things like that like to transfer saves from your mobile games to your console games and all this was very general like no super solid specifics were uh detailed and nothing about nx which isn't a surprise but there you go that's that's what nintendo did on october 29th hooray for nintendo now just to release some fun games um, Nintendo was really always big into the freaking showing people their numbers and things like that. It's they used to always do well, that at their E3 press conferences. I'm actually kind of glad they, they stopped doing press conferences for that reason because while some of this stuff is interesting, for the most part, it's like I don't need to know how well amiibo are selling because I'm gonna guess that the fact well, that I can't find certain amiibos speaks for itself. So yeah, it's. You know, a long time ago, E3 used to be for businesses and, like, investors and things like that. So that's why those numbers were talked about there. And then, you know, this was a fiscal report, so they are talking about their business side of things. So that's why 
a good chunk of it was numbers and graphs and things like that because you know that's what matters for the company uh if i i believe i heard that their stock dropped again after this fiscal report so that really doesn't it's not too promising as far as you know finances go who the heck but... knows what stocks like i don't know stocks are weird like sometimes companies will announce a new project or something like that like and then their stock will drop because of it like i i don't know it's stockholders can get very nervous yeah, very quickly like... is a trend i see sometimes but you know it's exciting to hear nintendo actually talking about their mobile plans even if it's in a very weird nintendo way you know this Mitomo thing is totally a nintendo thing to do it's very weird it's out there uh, there was no mention of pokemon go but that is owned by game freak the pokemon company not nintendo so that's probably why it wasn't mentioned there but i'm sure nintendo is getting a slice of that pie yeah for sure uh it uh it's cool yeah i'm a big big fan and sticking with numbers and companies and things like that um ps4 is continuing to pulverize the competition sony announced that they have sold i think 29.3 million uh ps4s to this point yep which means and they're outpacing their sales that uh for this quarter last year so console gaming isn't dead even though people acted like it was so hooray if you don't own a playstation already you sound like you might end up buying one at some point in the future because everybody else is it's it's kind of crazy to think that nearly 25 million ps4s are out there in the hands of consumers not just shipped but in the hands of people that's just it's in less than two years as well yeah uh actually the two-year it's coming up anniversary of the ps4 is i think next week something something around there something close uh i'll look at i I think i'm pretty sure it's next week because i was doing some research on it earlier today uh ps4 launch but yeah right around two years so it's impressive how well they're selling i mean both the consoles are selling well too i mean xbox is selling better than the, the 360 did at this point in its life cycle and the 360 was selling like gangbusters so that just goes to show how well the ps4 is selling right now it, it was november 15th of 2013 okay. and for some clarity according to wikipedia which if i'm writing a paper isn't a reliable source it says, as of October 28th, 2015, so last week, there were 25 million sold, and that there were 29.3 shipped. But that 29.3 shipped says was as of September 30th. So, could have read the article wrong, very possible, but according to Wikipedia, it was 25 million sold, 29.3 shipped. So, just in case we did get that wrong. Let's clarify it now. Yeah, so PS4 is still selling awesome. I don't think there's too much more to this story other than what we already knew. It's like a really big, ridiculous number. Yeah, it is, and it's only going to continue to get even larger the longer this console's out. It'll, I don't know. I wonder how many it'll sell by the end of the life cycle because I expect this both of these systems to be around probably close to a decade, so... When all said and done, it'll be really interesting to see how they both kind of finish up and 
to continue to see if Microsoft can gain some ground on Sony, even though Sony looks like they're only selling more and more PlayStations every year at this point. So it's interesting to watch. Um, so our last news story before we get into the Paris Games Week stuff is came last night and around 10. like at like 11:30 yeah like just in the middle of the night yeah like 10 or 11 o'clock at night um it was reported that Activision one of the biggest publisher giants on the planet publishes Call of Duty Guitar Hero used to publish Tony Hawk yeah still did but it sucked um World of Warcraft yeah i was going to say uh, Activision Blizzard they're one one thing um they purchased Candy Crush developer King for $5.9 billion. That's billion with a B. Yeah. As in boy. What Bib- the heck was... What? Five, here's some interesting facts. Um, little perspective. Uh, Microsoft bought Minecraft for $2.5 billion. Yeah. Um, Disney bought both... Bought Marvel and then bought... Uh, Star Wars separately for four billion dollars each. Um, those are just kind of and know, those are some properties. Figures. Those are like yep. the Star Wars license can go on anything. Like oh, and it is. I mean, you can buy an R two D two or Darth Vader shower head. Yeah, ex- they they put it anywhere. Exactly. Like Marvel so, and Star Wars are properties that are just global and can be sold through anything. Why yep. in the heck would Activision buy this developer for $5.9 billion? Well, some insight I saw on Twitter, uh, some people's perspectives besides hilarious jokes, was, I mean, they buy the developer, they get both the Candy Crush games, so Candy Crush Saga and Candy Crush Soda Pop Saga, something like that. They get those games, but they also get all the user base with that, which is one of, if not the largest casual gamer user base in the world. So they just bought all of their information. All of it. I guess. So now they have now they have the largest casual gamer base in the world, and they own all of the publishing rights to those other properties we mentioned before. So they can push that content onto other people and make sales. And I'm sure there's plans uh, to expand Candy Crush in some weird, awful way. But, you know, parts of it make sense. It still blows my mind that it was $5.9 billion. $5.9 billion. With, with the B. In 2014, King... King made five, uh, sorry, five hundred seventy-five million dollars, just million dollars. That was last yeah. year, and that, Activision paid twelve times that for the. Was company. it? Because I remember reading that Candy Crush brought in a billion dollars, and then there was like a quarter where you brought they brought in that number. Um, to the internet. That to was the what internet. I just read was from Moriarty Colin. He was the one who said that last night. I just don't understand at all how this makes... I've never played Candy Crush. And the other thing that I think is really dangerous for Activision here is that you say that they now have those cons- 
casual gamers and the consumers and they have that data and okay sure whatever one that's not worth 5.9 billion dollars to me then again i'm not a business person but information is worth a lot i don't know if it's worth 5.9 billion dollars like yeah here here are the numbers just really quick back to the thing here are the numbers uh last year in 2014 king brought in 1.33 billion dollars uh in the second quarter of 2015 they grossed around 529 million so the second quarter of this year is when they grossed that 529 million but last year they had uh a total of 1.33 billion dollars see i'm looking at something else right now um i've got kotaku's article i don't know how this all works it shakes down I've got something that's not Kotaku pulled up. It's like an investor site that shows like half. I'm huh? There are half a billion monthly active users. Why? Like with Activision purchasing them. So with all of Activision's games and Candy Crush, Activision has a regular user network of a half a billion people. Nope, it is. It, it actually is four hundred or five hundred seventy-five million. That's how much they made profit last year. Profit? Yeah, that's that's taking away their expenditures. So they profited around close to six hundred million last year. Interesting. So they might have brought in one hundred one point thirty-three billion. Thirty-three billion. But they only made. 575. The thing, too, about this that makes no what sense are you, to me. What do they, what they spend their money on? <laughs> Marketing, I guess. I don't know. Have you seen the Candy Crush commercials? They're awful. No, I haven't. See, that's the other thing that took me aback. They don't is have that Kate I... Upton walking around telling people about, you know, winning a war. Yeah. They've, they've got candy falling from the sky. That's the other thing that I don't understand about this, to me, is that... I've never played the game, and, like, I knew it was a big thing, but I didn't know it was this big, and I don't know. I, I think Activision is now relying—I don't, I don't think they're—I don't know what they're doing, honestly. I don't—I doubt they bought this company and expected to turn a profit with it. I think you're probably right, and they probably bought it more so that they could get data from people and see trends of how people respond with casual gaming. That's probably more the reason why they bought the company. The thing I think that is really, really dangerous, though, about what they're doing is that they're investing in a game company that has only ever had one success in Candy Crush. And at the same time, Candy Crush's success is wholly dependent on the fact that it's a microtransaction-based game. Now, obviously, they've made enough money off of it to where that's not even really that big of a deal. But all of the profits from Candy Crush come solely through what? Microtransactions. Now, obviously, marketing and things like that. and I mean, they make money other ways. But from the game itself, the game itself is free. I could download it right now on my iPhone, and I could never have to put even a dollar into it. But... I believe I there are ads in the game, so yeah. I mean, they have. Ad That's what I'm saying. Is they have they mar- marketing for other games, the ad revenue. Things oh, I like got that. you. I got you. Ad revenue doesn't stack up that quickly, though. It really doesn't. Like, but if you have, I mean, if you have, if you have users? that, if you have that user base, then you're definitely 
then people are definitely paying you a hefty sum. I, I that that is for sure. It's it's just it's so much money. It's baffling. But the other thing that I think is dangerous about this is that I feel like iPhone games are so come and go. Remember when and it's still kind of there to some degree. But remember about three or four years ago when everything was Angry Birds, just everywhere. Yeah, when was, you know, they're about three, four years late with the movie coming out soon. Yeah, I mean, it's still around, obviously, and tons of people still have it on their phones. But a couple of years ago, it was a juggernaut, and now you really don't see that much from it. And they just they just laid off tons of employees. I want to say in the hundreds. Yeah, they just laid off hundreds of employees. Yeah, I mean, that's and, the thing. These These iPhone games, they don't have – I want to say they don't have legs – but longevity yeah i mean i don't know because they partially do partially don't because they're so casual that you can constantly keep playing them and keep picking them back up but at the same time there's going to become a point where enough people have played it and then that's just just i don't know it just kind of fades it seems like there's really not i don't know can candy crush just right now it's a thing but you know it's kind of too soon to tell if Candy Crush is kind of the the Minecraft of mobile games in that spent you know in that regard, where it does have the longevity to just keep going and going and going and going. Um, you know, I was looking on the App Store earlier today. Just sometimes I, when I'm bored, I look at the charts. You know, Minecraft on iOS it, uh, right in, currently, as we're recording this, is the second best selling game on there, uh, followed. Uh, or behind only Minecraft Story Mode, the Telltale game. So Minecraft clearly has power in the names. But if you go to top grossing, those are uh, the Total War games, uh, Boom Beach, you know, the things you see commercials for during football games. It's Those make a lot of money. I've, I actually don't remember where Candy Crush is on that list. I'll pull it up. But, you know, the mobile market is kind of is the is the latest chapter in games and it's so new and fresh and constantly changing and filled with um it's actually kind of similar to the early days of the video game industry with like the atari where literally like um grocery store chains were putting out atari games like the market was just flooded with crappy crappy games um and copies of other games and eventually the market collapsed and you know there's the whole video game crash uh in the want to say 80s 70s 80s um you know brought everything tumbling down and so you kind of see that on the app store which is actually kind of scary to think about but we'll see if these things have any legs whatsoever um but i have the app top grossing charts up i mean for the past few months uh game of war age fire age is up that's the k upton game uh clash of clans is number two spotify is number three which is interesting so the ads on that must be good and candy crush saga is number four if i click on candy crush saga uh king.com limited let's see what they make the games uh king has made is way more than you would think Candy Crush Saga, Candy Crush Soda Saga, Farm Hero Saga, Pet Rescue Saga, 
Bubble Witch Saga. Bubble Witch 2 Holy Saga. Holy crap, too much. I Yeah, I don't need to continue. Yeah. Um, everything, ooh, interesting enough, there are two games without the word Saga in them. <laughs> Paradise Bay and then King Challenge, which King Challenge has seven reviews and a total of one and a half stars. Nice. So, yeah, so apparently it's like a, it's like a quiz or trivia game. I feel like we're just beating this to death at this point. Um, just like Candy Crush Saga is. Yeah, exactly. Bottom line I just, is that I don't understand this. Maybe we'll I mean, see, like, how it makes sense in the future. I just don't understand how a big AAA developer, like, or publisher like Activision, who is known for publishing things like Call of Duty, and I mean, big, successful franchises, obviously they have money, the money to do this, because like you said, they, I mean, they're... They're going to make $5.9 billion probably the end of this weekend. So with uh, with Call- I I highly doubt Call of Duty is going to sell that good. Yeah, it will. It'll sell. It'll sell. You think Black Ops 3 will keep Call of Duty on the rise? Yeah. I think yeah. Call of Duty's I think Call of Duty's going down. Nope. Like, I, I think it's definitely we talked about this today at my job and the way that GameStop's pre- preparing for it. Like seeing that since I get to work at GameStop, I'm not saying that like I'm more like tuned in, but we've got like 300 pre-orders for Black Ops just on like Xbox 1. Really? Yeah. Your store alone. Yeah. That and that's just one system. And then there's probably two fifty, two hundred fifty on PS4, and it's insane. It's ridiculous. Like you, you wouldn't think this, like because I've been predicting Call of Duty's demise for a while too. Working well, at you know, GameStop, Ghost, has Ghost shown was me, kind of really telling, and then Advanced Warfare was the Black Ops better. Name, the Black Ops name, Treyarch. I mean, the fact that it's Black to Ops. To be fair, Treyarch is the king. Treyarch. Also, I think out of all three of those studios, I think Treyarch is the king. Um, it's just the fact that it's Black Ops, and there's that name recognition, and Black Ops has been the one that people love for a while now. It's gonna sell a ton of copies. It'll be the best-selling game of the year by a mile. Once again, so you, so just just for the record, you think Call of Duty will sell better than Fallout? Yeah, for sure. You think Call of Duty will sell better than Battlefront? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think Battlefront will sell a ton, but it won't even be close to Call of Duty. When all I said, and okay. Done. Yeah, Call of Duty is uh, by comparison. Again, uh, we've got like three hundred pre-orders for um, Xbox One version of of Call of Duty. Have maybe eighty or ninety for battlefront and that's really respectable like that's like a really high number yeah but that just no, goes I've... to show how insane call of duty is wow i'm very now i'm very interested to see the sales this weekend yeah yeah because a lot of people are hyped for that game yeah i know like a lot of people i know i should say are very hyped for that game yeah Anyway, but anyway, yeah, let's quit talking about stupid casual games five, on iPhones and let's five, blast 5. through. Five point nine billion. Yeah, it's weird. It's a lot. Let's uh, let's blast through the Paris Games Week news, and I mean blast through.
really don't need to hit on everything. A bunch of it is stuff we've already seen. Of course, they open up with another montage. Jim Ryan comes out. He talks, blah, 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 blah. He says, um, they show a new zombie trailer for Black Ops. Hooray. Um, they show a new trailer for Battlefront with Han Solo, Leia, and Darth Sidious. Then we see a... Uh, also, Boba Fett. Boba, Boba Fett as well, which some people or... are saying... The thing I'm... This is like some inside baseball with Star Wars and canon and things I'm interested in. But people are saying that because Boba Fett's in this game, that automatically means he survived Episode Six and flew out of the Sarlacc pit. And Oh, wow. It's it's crazy. It's, it's weird. It's like you can play as a fully realized Luke Skywalker on Hoth. Yeah. Clearly that happened in Episode 5. Yeah, I don't... Whoa, Darth Vader shows up too? Man... This is crazy. They're messing with the canon. Oh shoot! So I died as Luke. I guess Luke's Darth dead in Sidious. the canon. Darth Sidious showed up on Endor in the end of this trailer to zap Luke to death. No, Boba Fett. Boba Fett did not survive the Sarlacc pit. I still say he did. Solely, but... solely based off this game trailer. If they come up with a reason well, why the Boba stupid Fett thing. survived, I, I think, I think, I think Boba Fett could have survived. But I don't think that this trailer proves it or any of the other previous right, trailers like that he was this. in that's a yes, stupid idea right. anyway street fighter 5 we got another look at street fighter 5 it's dropping on february 16th of next year so if you're a fan of street fighter hooray um and then other beloved tech uh fighting franchise tekken 7 will be coming to ps4 next year it's going to be the 20th anniversary of tekken so Tekken 7 will be coming next year. Um, I don't think either of us really have anything to say about that because we really don't play it. Uh, the Battleborn Beta, the new game from the creators of Borderlands over there at that game company whose name is escaping Gearbox. Me. Gearbox, thank you. Uh, the MOBA-style shooter game that they have is coming out next year. Uh, the Beta is coming next year as well, PlayStation 1st. Um, let me see. What else do we have? They showed off Boundless, which well, is... yeah. The next, the next part of the presser was like console exclusive. Yeah, so, so they said that, yeah, baseball. they said that the next three games that they showed were going to be console exclusives, and they showed off Boundless, which was the I forget. Which it's one like Boundless was this very weird looking game. Didn't learn a lot about it. Um, basically, think Minecraft with kind of this art style similar to No Man's Sky in the same like in the way of colors and you're going to different planets through portals and you're building, crafting and sharing a world with people. I mean, it literally is Minecraft in space. It looks interesting. Uh there's It was it was a weird trailer. I, a lot of people were confused. Um the next thing I, is the I have in the notes it's called Rhythm Game. So, I figured I'd throw you a line and tell you what it was is a game called vector the stream kind of went wonky here or i was switching computer screens or something like that but vector they partnered up with some dj and it it's some rhythm game you play with your friends uh and the music changes and whatnot uh, and then they gave a release window for no man's sky you want to tell people what it was Logan? it's june 2016 so hooray i'll hopefully be able to play it on my birthday um, ah, that's funny because I tweeted out. I was like, "Man, June fifth is right before Tuesday." We'll be playing it my that birthday month. is in the beginning. It's some point. My birthday is the beginning of June. And Maybe I can get a VR headset for my birthday, baby. That would be if VR comes out in June. It it, it will be. I, it's gotta be. 
for sure, for shizzle. Take it to the bank right now. Can I cash that? Uh, yeah, you can because this is a 100% real check. Um, no Man's Sky is going to be on VR. Hands down. No doubt. For shizzle. For sure. Yeah. It's gonna be on. It's gonna be on VR. I bet it's gonna be one of the games that comes out in the launch window of the first two months of the system. Um, yeah, I just, I just really expect that. Um, we got to keep going though because we got a ton more to get through. Um, people came out. How Smart came out and showed off Matterfall, uh, which is their new game, which really kind of no one knew was coming. We expected to see Alien Nation, and then they showed us this cinematic trailer for matterfall and that looks the crazy thing is they have another game in development as well that studio is fantastic that is really just a an excellent excellent studio i really enjoy so yeah right now they've got alienation matterfall and then a third un like no name to it yet i mean it's announced but no name or details uh game in development as well yeah uh presumably i mean alienation and matterfall are ps4 games uh, and presumably the third is a PS4 game as well. Uh, but, you know, I'm totally down. Resogun... God, Resogun was so good. Did I... I think I got the Platinum in that game. Yeah, I did. Whew, that was a satisfying Platinum. But yeah, uh, I'm stoked. It looked really cool. It was a cinematic trailer, so couldn't get a lot of feel for gameplay. It was kind of like a concept thing. So that'll be interesting. But, I mean, Alienation's what's next, and we... I mean, they showed some gameplay in, like, a montage, and you could see it on the show floor. But uh, Alienation will be next year at some point, and then, then we can focus on Matterfall, I think. But it's cool to see them working on multiple projects uh, for the PS4. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm i really excited for everything they've got coming coming up. Um, after Housemark, Ratchet and Clank trailer for the game it looks awesome if you haven't seen it yet go check it out and also i learned the other day that the game's gonna be 40 bucks which is super super awesome because it it is gonna be 40 dollars i love it because the last ratchet and clank game was 40 dollars as well i think i because you know you said just like go check out the trailer and stuff but also correct me if i'm wrong since you actually work there at gamestop but don't the ps4 kiosks still have the ratchet and clank demo on it uh they should yeah definitely if you can or next time you're in a gamestop try out the ratchet and clank demo on the ps4 kiosk um because it's it's one thing to watch the trailer uh in 1080 30 or 60 depending on the video but to play it in 1080 60 i mean it takes me back man it takes me back and it's like it's what I remember the game looking like in my mind's eye, you know? It's just... And we talked about it a few weeks ago on um, on the podcast as my topic. It just made me long for that mascot platformer game. And, you know, these just icon characters that kind of stand out for the system. And it's really cool. And, you know, $40, gorgeous game. The movie will be debatable. But I'm really excited that Ratchet and Clank is making a comeback in some way, like to an original form. Yeah, I'm really glad that it's coming back. I think it looks fun. I've played the demo. It's fun. It's go check it out if you can. Uh, moving along, Horizon Zero Dawn. We got another clip of that, and it looks amazing. Gorilla is doing some awesome things. People who say, "Oh, Gorilla can only make." can only make first-person shooters. That's all they're good for. Um, you might want to watch the gameplay demos for Horizon because it's just amazing. It's gorgeous. 
the animal robot dinosaur things are super sweet. Um, it's got RPG elements, which are cool. The crafting is looks fun. It just it looks like an incredible open world game. I cannot wait to dive into it. Um, basically, just another trailer showing off the gameplay. We didn't get any uh, dates or anything it, like that, but yeah, it's interesting enough. I learned on uh, PS I Love You XOXO that the demo they showed off here was the demo they showed off behind closed doors uh, at E3 this year. So that was kind of interesting. The kind of the concept of this gameplay was you were the main character and she was hunting these animals down uh, to collect their resources and she like placed booby traps these kind of tether nets and like herded them through the trap and then collected the resources they then this giant like robot t-rex came out and she had to fight that go check out the trailer if you can it's online it's great it'll do way more justice than us trying to explain it to you it's kind of one of those things that you just need to check out for yourself and really i yeah he did he did make a joke during the demo because they like they froze it on the t-rex and like went into the dev mode and like showed you what the t-rex looks like and its size and whatnot but like when they did that the game obviously froze because they were pausing it and uh he made a joke about it crashing like the live demo crashing i was like holy cow that is a jab at naughty dog (laughs) yeah he just like he just he said it and then kept going. It's probably a friendly people... j- a jab at Naughty Dog because I mean they. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's not like a hey Naughty Dog, we're better than you. It was just it was a joke I didn't expect to come. And it was it's very interesting, but yeah, the game is stupid gorgeous and it looks uh, like a pretty interesting concept. Kind of reminds me of the witcher in a weird way like kind of just exploring this world and fighting the monsters in there and there are different types of monsters in this case it would be different mechs but it's pretty darn gorgeous and i think the battles in themselves against these giant robots is going to be rewarding but then there's also this main these main quest and presumably side quests and things like that so i feel like it's in a crafting it's going to have a lot want to continue to build I feel like it's going to have a lot for you to do, and that's exciting to see, both from Gorilla and both as a new IP. You know, new IP seem to be kind of rare these days from a AAA perspective, and it's exciting to see that um, with new ideas and fresh stuff. Like, it, it seems really cool. Yeah, I think I'm really excited for this game. I'm hoping it comes out late next year. I think that'd be a solid game for... So I'm going to have lined up next year. Um, Bloodborne. We saw the Old Hunters DLC. It comes out this month along with a Bloodborne Game of the Year edition of sorts. It's not called Game of the Year edition. I forget what it's called, but it'll come with the Old Hunters DLC and the original game. And I'm pretty sure it's like 40 bucks. Drive Club came out with bikes, you know, like motorcycles and stuff. Not cars, but, you know, motorcycles. Um, it came out that day when they, so it's out now. If you're listening to this now, it's out. If you like Drive Club, even though it was a glitchy mess at launch, um, seems like it does have a community right now and they've got motorcycles out. Hooray. Gravity Rush yeah, 2. It was, well, just another thing. It, it You could buy it as an expansion, like DLC or standalone. Like you don't need Drive Club to play this. Yeah. That's the other thing that's kind of cool. Um, Gravity Rush 2. 
looks cool. They just, looks pretty. They looks nice you know, they on showed the PS4. it outside of the Japanese market. Um, showed off some new concepts and gameplay. Apparently, there's a AI controlled uh, co-op system, like not you and I playing together, but me and the computer playing together. You know, I've never played Gravity Lush. It's one of those games. You know, now that I own a Vita, I always wanted to go back to. But since I have such a m- small memory card, I just never am comfortable deleting the rest of my stuff to play that one game. But you know, it looks cool. I'm glad it is coming to PS4. I think that gives it a little more beef powering it up and a little more um, visual fidelity. But it looks it looks interesting and fun, cool. Yeah. Um, I tried to get into the first one and I couldn't. But maybe I'll hop back in now that it's on PS4. Naughty Dog came out and did exactly what we told you they would do. They talked about the Uncharted 4 beta, which is coming sometime soon. Hold me close. Uh, The beta is in the middle of December. That's what I thought. But they showed off multiplayer, which I predicted on the show last week. So I'm pretty happy about that one coming true. Um, But looks like it has more of a team-focused element uh, they've announced buddies, like so. If you get certain perks, uh, you can call in people to help, like maybe to help snipe or be a medic, or uh, what was the other one? Like be a brute and like kind of knock people Something out. Like and that. those, se- yeah, those seem to be AI controlled. Like they come in and help you out. There's some crazy mystical power things, like super powered items. You can almost think of them as supers. Uh, you know, the one they showed off at the end of the demo was like the totem chest from the end of uncharted one and if you like touched it you turned into a zombie ghost thing and then seems to have more verticality to it and you know it's running it was running at 108060 they brought a ton of characters back from the first game all the way to uncharted 3 and the new one as well you know this we saw sam in there but it seemed to combine some elements of the last of us multiplayer with that team focus and I think it also conveys the uncharted multi like the uncharted single player experience in the multiplayer. We saw grappling hooks, you know, light hearted characters. Elena. Saw yes, she had the superpower to turn her into a Dingen from the end Something of Uncharted like Three. Yeah. Uh you know. So we saw everyone in there, Chloe, Cutter, um Catherine, right? What was her name? Catherine. Uh, I think the villain in the third game, the creepy old lady, yeah. Kate. Yeah, Catherine. I think. I something like uh, that. Eddie. We saw Eddie. You know, things like that. It was really cool. Really excited for uh, that game. But you know, it's nice to see the multiplayer in action. Thankfully, they're not doing a Last of Us thing where they don't show you the multiplayer until the game comes out. Yeah, I think it looks super fun. I hope this is. I obviously hope the beta comes out, and then we really don't. Like I said last week, I hope we don't see much from this game. Even though we didn't see much this week, like what they showed wasn't a big deal. It was just multiplayer. But I really don't want to see anything else single player for the game. Uh, I hope the beta goes well in December. I, 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 th- I think we get one. I think we get a demo at PSX. Uh, no, the final screw demo. That why? No. I think it happens. I think it has to happen. That's the. It's your Sony fan base. The only other thing they could do from Naughty Dog to replace that would be to announce their next game. Or they could just which, not do Which anything. isn't happening because that would steal the spotlight away from Andre. Or they could just come out and say, thanks for your help on the beta. Bye. I don't think, yeah, I don't no. think they, they, they aren't going to show another demo. PSX, PSX is going on. They can't show another demo. They the can't beta? show another demo. They just can't do I it. I think they can. I think they can. But why would you want to see that? 
too much of the game. Too much of the game. I think, and I'm starting think to think do. it could be delayed as well. I've heard. Oh no! I've heard rumors no. about this. That's just crazy speculation. I don't think it's crazy RGT speculation baby. at all. They're still doing motion capture. That's like one of the first things you do. No, they're not. They just finished it. Yeah, like a couple weeks ago. That's really weird. Yeah, but you have to think. You have to think about it like this, though. That's for cutscenes, not gameplay. It's still weird. It's still really, got, really weird. They're getting the cutscenes done, dude. I'm telling you, that game March 18th not getting delayed. I'm not expecting it to, but I wouldn't be surprised. Is what I'm saying. I feel like if they pushed it back to June or so. Oh my gosh! If they did that, I'd be happy. I'd be crushed. Remember, I mean, like, remember the thing that well, all, yes, they always delays, bring up. Delays are good. No, well, what Look, what what happened with The Last of Us? They pushed it back that two one months. Month that. It was a one. It was, I think it was even just a one month delay. Something around there. It might have been from May to June, and they said that that extra four that weeks of development time they had made all the difference in the world. Yep, that was the difference between it being a good game and a perfect game. And I'm all. If Uncharted Four needs delay, I will support it wholeheartedly. But every fiber of my being does not want that to happen. No, Uncharted Four. March 18th, so I can play all weekend, hide in my room, go on one last ride with Drake. Ooh. Ooh. Just give it to me. Just, ooh, March, come. Please come. March, March, March. I'll still be playing Fallout. Uh, Moving on. Okay, this is something I really don't want to get deep into at all. Really? No, this is something I really don't want to talk about because, one, I didn't watch the full demo. And two, I would rather talk about this another week because I think this is something we could talk about as a topic the next week because I think there's a lot to talk about here. And I'd honestly like to kind of discuss it more in depth at another point. But Meaning Molecule came out and it showed off Dreams. And yeah, it, I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, they. It, I, it just looks... I have a- I don't know. I, I, I like seriously. Like that's the extent of what I have to say. I don't know. Like what is going on? It looks like Little Big Planet meets. Yeah, that's my thoughts on this game. I don't know how to even interpret what's going on. Well, to avoid going in depth, it. Uh, I mean, it, it looks like a 3D Little Big Planet or Mario Maker. And I'm pretty excited to see what other people make because I'm awful at making things, but other people are great at it. And I think it's going to be, I think it's interesting, but, uh, yeah, I think I, you know, it's a media molecule game. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, is there anything you want to say specifically? I, I don't know. I think this is, like I said, I didn't watch the full demo, so I feel like I'm kind of uninformed about it, but I don't know. I just feel like this is something we could hash out later on because I feel like we'll probably both have a decent amount to say about it. It They didn't show the creation tools, which was the thing I wanted to see, like how to make something. They showed more of the gameplay side, which I think was the smarter thing to do. Um, but that game has a lot of explaining to do and kind of like um you know there're just certain games and certain demos and certain tech that you kind of got to see to believe or understand dreams seems to be 
one of those games where unless they explain it perfectly within the next few press events because i mean this game's got a while until it comes out but if they can't explain it perfectly in those few press events this is a game you've got to get in the hands of people so they can try it and play it and understand it so they can tell other people to try it play it and understand it that's the that's my two cents about the game in general yeah i mean i think yeah yeah i mean i think that's probably a good way of putting it um okay so what do we got next shuhei yoshida came out and talked about playstation vr um tried to talk about that functionality it has to be a multiplayer experience not just something that you're doing by yourself which which i just i don't believe yeah i I don't i don't really i don't know i i still need to just get this stupid thing on my head and then we'll figure out where to go from there um but yeah it looks interesting they kind of just showed off some new things rigs is a vr esports game by gorilla cambridge looks cool um let's see what else rush of blood confirmed rush of blood looks awful please confirm awful dear lord it looks like star fox but with scary it looks like dear god why did they tie that until dawn license to that poop fest i I told you i told you last week why they did it it's because until dawn is their now their horror franchise and they just put the two together and it's because until dawn has the name but they're already flushing the until dawn name down the toilet i don't think so i think it's gonna be a fun game i think it's gonna be good i am all for rush of blood well you can have and the until dawn name being used there and the characters being used in it and everything you can have fun on that lonely minecart ride by yourself. Um, I will. Cry- I think it's going to be. Crytek came out, talked about VR. They showed off Robinson: The Journey, which looks like a Robinson Crusoe type game where you're, except you're in space or something like that. Battle Zone. Don't even know what that is, but good grief with the freaking video game names being total cliches um the walk film vr experience um looked super interesting watching a movie in vr um well it was like it's they took the they basically simulated people walking across a wire between the the twin towers that's what it was like people were playing that and it looked absolutely terrifying yeah like people were 100 and 100 feet above the ground walking on an imaginary tightrope like that's just that is spooky that is that's not something i want to do ever digitally or in real life but you mean it's a proof of concept that it does like trick the mind it is that uncanny valley for video games uh vr is gonna be pretty darn sweet i think yeah i've i'm getting more excited for it i'm I'm starting to think about more ways and listening to more ways that people can say that it it could be used. And one thing that's really interested me with VR, just in general, and uh, like the idea with sporting events. This is what I was trying to get at. I lost my train of thought because it's almost 1 a.m. Sporting events. If they can put cameras in like the front rows of events, like. Let's say the Super Bowl. You don't have to pay $5,000 to go to the Super Bowl now. You can pay 
25 to 50 bucks put on your VR headset and they have cameras stationed at a certain spot where it's like a seat and you have full range of movement to look around the entire area. It, on, obviously, latency and things like that would be a problem and they would need to work that out and make sure that it's a smooth experience. But things like that would be just really interesting to where you can engross yourself in experiences like that. That's something I'm really excited about for VR and looking forward to. Um, but yeah, let's see. Moving on. Uh, over 200 devs are working on PlayStation VR. Awesome. Tekken 7 is coming to VR, which is weird. Um, Gran Turismo. We're getting a new Gran Turismo game. It's not Gran Turismo 7 yet, but we are getting a Gran Turismo Sport. Looks like a Gran Turismo-y type game. Um, it's, 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 it sounded like Drive Club, but with Gran Turismo for me, you team up with other racers, you represent a nation or a brand, you race in real races in the world, uh, which can lead to real life prizes. It sounds very weird and futuristic, and I'm not sure how I feel about it, but the game is stupid gorgeous and VR compatible. Um, and you know it's going to be a technical marvel, so, I mean, I'm just curious why not the seven why they had to go the sport route like what's i don't know I've, um like i don't know why not just go all the way i don't know seven's a weird number half game i know tekken seven's obviously doing it but i don't know mix it up a little bit use but, some but su- grand, use some subtitles sometimes but seven is still coming like gran turismo is the name and the brand yeah gran turismo five i believe is still the ps3's best-selling game something like, like that they could put a seven on there and be fine so it's weird i don't know but I'm not big into racing simulators as much as I am into Mario Kart games, so it's cool, but the VR part would probably be the one thing that would sell me on it if it works out and doesn't make me sick, but it's it looks interesting, it's gorgeous, and, you know, hopefully this game works unlike Drive Club did, so. Yeah, um, okay, so where are we at at this point? Um, Wild, which looks super interesting, where you're the shaman, shaman man who's got to, who can take control of animals and stuff like that, and it's by Ubisoft, and yeah, looks kind of interesting. I really don't know what big, to make of it so far, but... Looks like a big open-world caveman game where you control animals. Uh, you can ride a bear, you can become a rabbit, you can fly as an eagle, kill the cannibals, capture snakes. Um, very ambitious looking. Like, I think that's the one thing you can say for sure about Wild. It's ambitious. Um, Very cool. It's very stylish. It's an interesting period. You know, caveman periods, kind of hard. You don't see a lot. Uh, Things I want to think about early on is the depth in this game. If there's going to be a story, how is it connected? All these things need need to be answered. It'll somehow all tie together. But, you know, is the only cool thing controlling animals or can I become a different tribe? Like, there's still a lot of stuff left up in the air. I think this is still kind of a... Controlling animals is cool, though. It is, but there are other things you could do. Like shoot a gun. But there are no guns in caveman times. Yeah, I know. I don't know. This is one of those things where we haven't seen a whole lot. There was a trailer for it at GDC a few years ago. We'll just have to kind of see more as we go. Um, so what's next? 
last. It's actually. what they closed. It's what it's they, what closed, they closed, with. closed on. David Cage, of course, from Quantic Dream. Is it Quantic Dream or Quantum Dream? I keep getting it mixed up with the stupid. Quantic. Quantic. Quantic Dream. I keep getting it mixed up Quantic, with Quantum Break. Quantic. Quantic Dream. Quantic Dream. David Cage. David Cage's Quantum. Uh, Quantic Dreams. David Cage came out. Um, show off their next game, which everybody knew was coming. Um, and the demo for the Kara tech demo that was a couple of years ago that they showed off for the PS3 has turned into a real game, and it's called Detroit Become, Become Human, Human, which uh, ugh, awful title in my opinion. Um, looks interesting. Deals about them, their androids, and how they're. I don't know. It's just. Uh, it's about androids and humans and getting along and being all friends and hugging each other and stuff like that. Um, it looks really pretty. I uh, like this is the one big thing I felt like everybody was taking away from the show and was really just hyped up about. I just can't get excited for this. Really? Because I am. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna play it. <sighs> Their last game really rubbed me the wrong way. I did not like Beyond Two Souls even a little bit. That game was one of the, that's one of the worst games I've played in quite some time. Um, I didn't I didn't play it. I th- don't save yourself the time. Well, it's it's funny though because my friend Kevin, who we've talked about on the show before, uh, loved Beyond Two Souls. Enjoyed it very very much. It's just. I, I don't know. It just didn't work. The story was a mess. One scene, you're a secret agent. The next scene, you're a hobo. The next scene, you're on a dinner date. The next scene, you're five years old. It just makes no sense at all. And the story is really bland and boring. There's some cool points in it, but it doesn't fit together. They pretty much threw the plot into a blender and just hit puree and then we're like oh i guess this is how we're going to tell the story so it's just really really weird and i don't know i didn't like beyond two souls that said which is fair that's your problem yeah i think this game looks more interesting get away from the ghost people stuff um instead move on to sentient robots yeah I i think it looks interesting I'm definitely curious with it. I really hope they can get back to what Heavy Rain was because that's the thing. Heavy Rain was one of my favorite PlayStation 3 games. Heavy Rain is a masterpiece of gaming. One of the best, really, really one of the best games I've ever played the first time through as far as story goes. that The story of that game just really just clocked me. And it's one of the few games in the history of my gaming life where I did not stop playing it until I beat it, and I I was just completely engrossed with that game. So Jason, 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 um, Jason. So yeah, Detroit has the chance to be really good, but I'm being very cautiously optimistic at this point. Um, they, I mean, they could show all they want about the game, but it's not going to sell it sell me until i play it myself because that's how beyond was for me i thought the game looked really fun i thought it looked great and all, all, everything it was checking off all these boxes for me and then when i sat down and actually play it, it was a load of hop garbage 
So they can show as much as they want about Detroit Become Human over the next few months, years, whatever. I'm just going to – I just know that I'm going to have to sit down with the game and play it for myself. And that's why I'm not really getting overly excited about anything because I'll decide if I should get excited or not when I finally have the game and I'm playing it. Well, I'm excited for it because it's very, very pretty. Um, you know, it was originally just this singular story as a tech demo for uh, the PlayStation 3, which kind of was – it was a tech demo for what would eventually power – beyond two souls that you know how good that game looked so it's interesting that they went back to that demo and now are expanding on that story because i actually after the press conference i went back and immediately watched that tech demo and it was a very singular story you know it was about this ai companion that realized she could feel things was being disassembled, and then uh, the man disassembling her sympathized, which is interesting as an emotion, and or maybe not even just sympathized, but maybe even empathized. You know, don't really know the perspective of the worker, but then the, he shipped her out, you know, in her box with a bunch of units that looked exactly like her. The the new trailer for the game that they just revealed kind of has a different uh, vibe. Uh, they're clearly changing the origin story as far as the tech demo where she escapes. She's not, you know, shipped out and shown mercy. She's escapes, which seems very different from kind of that tone. Uh, and she, you know, she's walking around. She's like, man, this world's cool. Or she wants to explore this cool new world. Uh, but it's very mean and people, you know, humans are mean and robots are robots who can't feel or do anything. So she feels kind of, uh, like a minority and pushed down and you know she just wants to explore and kind of be a free spirit and feel and live and love and all that jazz and then for some reason the other androids are reacting to her and like realizing that she has emotions which is interesting so i feel like this is about humans and robots getting along but we'll kind of see how it goes like because The game they don't they don't show any gameplay, so I'm curious how the gameplay works. Like if I'm just making dialogue choices, because I don't know how I'd feel about the game just being about a robot trying to free all the other robots and preaching equality for both sides here. I I'm would be much more interested in a game where the robot is exploring the world and kind of figuring out where she fits in the world, and like focusing on on, on her instead of the robots because. You know, uh, I think it's a baloney reason to give all the other robots feelings just because she has one. I, I think her being isolated and unique in that way would make for a much more interesting story. But again, that's just speculation on my part, so I have no idea. But very interested in this game, especially since I skipped Beyond Two Souls and I did love Heavy Rain, so I wasn't possibly scarred by it. So looks. Again, it looks stupid gorgeous. Stupid. Just ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked for it. It was nice to see a nice PS4 exclusive kind of wrap up the show there, too. Yeah, it was. It was nice to see something coming that uh, I think we both expect. 
I don't know, something to look forward to because the people are saying right now that just the PlayStation doesn't have enough exclusives. So showing that off, I think, is a good idea. I'm really getting just dazed the longer we go on this show. So with that, actually, one more thing. So I just read a news story while we were doing this show. We're going to take a fallout moment here. I read that oh, they ported man. Skyrim to the Xbox One, and that was the first yeah, thing they I was, did. In, I was going to ask you about that. I did not see that until recently. They ported Skyrim to Xbox One. That was the first thing they did to kind of test and see their capabilities on working with the Xbox One and the PS4. And Yeah, I was going to ask you, what would you rather have? Um, Skyrim or Fallout? Oh, Fallout by a mile. Really? Yeah, not even close. By a mile? Okay. Not even. I was close. curious. Oh, hey! I screamed Xbox, and my Xbox just turned on behind me. Cool. Technology. With that, we will be back in just a momento. We are going to take a quick break, and we will be back with our topic. Hey, welcome back to Millennial Gaming Speak. I'm Logan, that's Max, and I still do not have Fallout 4, but that's alright. Nor it, nor does the rest of common consumers uh, who wish to play the Fallouts <sighs> forever. Anyway, let's let, so here's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to trick myself out and act like it's not coming next week. It's kind of hard when I know that we've received our shipment at GameStop already. But, nevertheless, um, I'm trying to pretend it's not out. And the way that I'm trying to pretend that it's not... I mean, it's not out. I don't have to pretend. I'm trying to pretend that it's not right around the corner so that I can quit getting so excited. You're trying trying to distract yourself, clear your mind. yes, Yes, things like that. And I found that the best way to do that is to play some good old Halo 5. I've been playing it, and it's a ton of fun. The I'm, you you you've been playing it and apparently crushing it because uh, that clip you uploaded the other day was insane. The double double kill. Yeah, what you got? It was like a what was it? It was it twenty one to twenty four. Yeah, your team losing, or, and then it you was got f- it was free for all. That was that was the other thing. Oh, it was single. It was yeah, one person. Yeah, it was okay, free for all. So it was so one player was at uh, twenty four. So one more kill needed for the game, right? Yeah. And then you were at 21. Yes. And you got four kills, like, right in a row and cleaned that game up. Oh, my gosh. That was – I. Yep, it was pretty ooh, sweet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a link in the podcast episode description so people can just see how good you are. Yeah, Halo's always been – I mean, I don't know. That was a pretty cool moment. I was just super glad I won that match. Um, Halo's always been the one game – that I'm actually pretty good at online with. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's super dependent. Sometimes I'm really good, sometimes I'm awful. It's weird. Um, but yeah, I've been playing a ton of Halo 5, and my gosh, the online is fantastic. I'm really, really enjoying it. The campaign I haven't put too much time into yet. Um, I've played two missions, 
it's all right it's fun um but the online is really fantastic and one of the things i love is this is the new warzone mode it's great i have you seen this by chance I remember the announcement. Like, it's really big. Yeah. It's, uh, I forget the numbers, it, but it's, like, a bunch of people, and there's other objectives going on yeah. and things like that. Yeah, and so there's, like, three – there's, like, three, four, five territories on a map. There's two bases and then three outposts in between your two bases that you have to capture. So it's kind of like a battlefront type, three, type thing or a battlefield type uh, capture – not capture the flag, but – I don't know, capture the outpost type thing. Anyway – and, um, but the cool thing is, is that, so it'll be 12 players versus 12 players, but in the middle there's enemy AI running around in between everything as well. And the other cool thing about it is that you have, so you can have just your standard loadout, but you also get these things called rec packs constantly. And it's basically like a pack of cards that you can unlock for either doing well enough or, uh, ranking up, or you can buy them, of course. It's a micro microtransaction thing, but you really don't have to because you earn so many of them. But um, essentially, with the rec packs, you unlock the ability to use, like, better guns. Um, you if, Like, it's only, it's only based upon certain lives. So if I was to get a Scorpion Tank card, that's a really rare card, and if I decide that I wanted to use a tank during the match... I could, but I'm gonna have to burn that card in for that match only, and then I won't. I might not be able to use it for again for the next match. Um, so it's interesting. It's kind of a hard thing to explain once you start playing it, though. It's a lot of fun trying to like stack your deck. Yeah. essentially. Yeah, essentially. Um, like right now, I've got like twelve. I've, I've got like fifteen different saw machine gun cards that I can use. So I can use one of those. Like every time I die, I could use that, and I would spawn with a saw machine gun if I went to, which is a really good gun on the game. Um, but every time I die, that card is gone. But like I said, you're constantly un unlocking packs and getting weapons and stuff like that. So it kind of it kind of works itself out. Anyway, it's a ton of fun. I'm really enjoying the online, and I guess I really don't have a topic. I just I don't know. I well, want to talk about Halo. I wanted. I know you wanted to I know wanted about to ask it. you. I have I have some questions for you. Yeah. How smooth has the online experience been? Uh, as far as like matchmaking and stuff like that. Yeah, like working. Oh, it's it's flawless. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's exactly God, like. I'm old, so glad. I'm so glad they nailed that because if they screwed it up, three four three would be in a lot of hot water. Yeah, I mean, yes, I'm glad. Yesterday, I'm glad they got the game to work. Yesterday, I was like, I think I'm gonna play a quick match of Halo. I was like, I, don't, I really don't know if I want to sit around and wait for it to get into server. Because even like I've, I've never had the greatest internet. Um, internet connection, so sometimes it takes a little bit longer. I went to multiplayer though. Hit arena, chose free for all Slayer. I was in a match within like twelve seconds. So see, that's that's promising. I like. Yeah, and the, and the, and that's with me, and that's not with the best internet ever internet. or anything like that. So so that was what. Nice. So focusing back then on the gameplay, uh, what do you think of the Spartan abilities? Um, like the sh I. The orbital strap, what is it called? The shoulder charge or yeah, the shock yeah, drop or yeah. something. It's like, what do you think of those? It's weird getting used to. Um, I've played Halo forever, so I mean, I've I'm, I've gotten used to them implementing new things in every game, whether it be like jetpacks and armor lock and things like that, and reach or I, I don't know, just whatever they whatever they add. Um, it's weird 
the boost thing has thrown me off quite a bit um, because you can hit the B button and you'll have just a quick boost of energy every now and then and kind of shoots your character forward. That's a little bit weird because it's almost like a strafing mechanism that people know how to use, so it's kind of hard to get used to. Um, the other weird thing is that they did started doing, uh, I don't want to call it iron sights because it's really not iron sights, but they changed the aiming mechanism in the game to where it's like Call of Duty or whatever. Uh, left trigger is aim, right trigger is shoot. Halo's never been like that. It's always been the right stick. You click it in, and that's how you zoom in. So that's right, a, you're just getting used to the that's Yeah, that's a really weird switch that they've done on me out of nowhere, and it's hard to get used to. Um, but, yeah, other than that, the, the moves are pretty cool. Um, there is one thing that I don't know if I'm really a huge fan of. Um, I, it's all right. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to, for me to... It's not hard to explain, but I don't I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about it. Um, when you jump up in the air, you can hold the left trigger, the aim trigger, and your character will, like, kind of float in midair. Hover? Yeah. Like hover in the air? Yeah, and we'll just kind of, like, sit there, and they can slowly, like, you, it'll, your reticle will slow down, and you can kind of take your time and aim. It's like the world's slowing down around you, even though it's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, and you can... there's a perk in Destiny for certain characters where you can, like, hover if you aim down the sights well in the air. Um I kind of like it. Like it's it works well in the campaign and stuff like that. But in multiplayer, I haven't really found a fantastic use for it. The only good use that I have found for it is that if you have a sniper and you jump up in the air and you can really like aim more precisely and pull off headshots if you need to. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it'd be good for juking players. I also think you could use it um, if you know where the enemy is coming from and kind of get ready. Um, adds a sense of verticality to the match too since you can stay up there and aim. So, like, I see some practical uses for it, but it's... I, I think, from what I've seen, I haven't had the opportunity to play Halo 5 yet, which is kind of a bummer, but from what I've seen, they seem to have made all the right adjustments, additions they could have done to the multiplayer aspect, like, while keeping it pure, in the sense of old Halo. Like, I feel like they haven't made... Correct me if I'm wrong or if you feel any different, please. But I feel like everything they've added has kind of just made it better. And, like, nothing has been so different that it's like, oh, this isn't Halo anymore. This is, you know, this is more like Destiny or Call of Duty or Titanfall. You know, like, I feel like this still feels like a Halo game. That's one thing I've kind of been arguing with myself about internally is I'm trying to decide if this does feel like classic Halo or if this feels like something else. And to me, the best Halo multiplayer is Halo Reach. I still love Halo Reach. It's my favorite Halo game. Reach Reach was a great game. I, I still stand by two, but Reach is a second for me. It's Reach is a fantastic Halo game all around, multiplayer and single Yeah, I, I really love the Reach multiplayer and just gameplay in general. Um... That, yeah, it's it's hard to say. I'm really trying to decide if it's... I mean, it still feels like Halo, obviously, in the sense that it's Halo, it's got the same weapons, things like that. I mean, at its core, it's Halo. Overall, though, I feel like it's kind of evolving into Call of Duty, which sounds weird. Um, the, well, the, I think... The thing that I really think separates it still is just the weapons and things like that. That really will always differentiate it from Call of Duty and the skill needed with each of the weapons because they're each kind of unique in their own way. The thing, the way that I feel like it's turning into Call of Duty, though, is that 
the sprinting is now so prevalent compared to how it used to be in the older Halo games where there was no either one there was no sprint or two if you did it was your armor ability as in the case of reach everybody is constantly sprinting around the map now um it's really more twitchy yeah the the iron sights i think is reflective of that it's not i I always felt like it used to be more of a precise shooter like you needed to like if you if you can and, and it still kind of is in that way but if you ran into somebody head on and you're both shooting each other, if you're the one shooting the other guy in the head and the other guy, if the other guy got the drop on you and started shooting you first, if you were to turn around and shoot him in the head like three times quickly, then he would die compared to you. And it's still like that in a sense. And I'm not saying Call of Duty isn't like that, but I feel like it's more just sprint around the map as fast as you can, find people as fast as you can, kill them and and go from there. I think I think that's just the way Call of Duty as a franchise has changed the first person shooter. Halo made the first person shooter what it is today. You know, I mean you can go all the way back to Doom where it really took took ground and then you go to like GoldenEye on the N64 and that was like the split screen co-op that really kind of defined that chapter of the first person shooter. Then Halo and that Halo really thrusted it into this multiplayer spotlight, especially in the online space. And then Call of Duty came in and became a mega franchise. And you look at Call of Duty and how it's evolved, and it just gets faster and faster. It's more Twitch-based, more precise. Um, things are happening very rapidly. Um, and then you look at something like, in kind of more recent like recent years titanfall added the the wall running and even more speed and constant movement was really kind of a core there and i think halo had to catch up if it wanted to be relevant and i think that's where you see the sprinting coming in um you know in old halos you couldn't sprint it was all everyone was running at the same pace um you see that you see the weapons but they've done some core things like switch it back to kind of weapon power everyone starts with the same weapons and you go out and you know where the weapons are on the maps and you learn that stuff and you know i think that's you know halo now is 1080 60 when it used to always be 1080 30 and i think halo had to make certain changes to be still be prevalent today in a world where first person shooters dominate a large chunk of the market and but Halo made the right decisions to stick with the core of that franchise but keep it relevant if at least that's the way I see it and what I've observed from people playing it and what reviews were saying and things like that yeah I mean it's still I don't know it's it's evolved in its own right you're right the first person shooter multiplayer genre in general has evolved it's just and and I, I do want Halo to change with every game. I really do. But I, I want it to stay at the core of what it is. And I I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're changing it for the... I don't know. It's I, like I'm really conflicted on in a bunch of ways. Because I'm obviously having a ton of fun with it. And I think it's great. And I'm looking forward to putting more time into it. And if I wasn't so dang tired tonight, I would honestly probably go play it. Um, but... I just don't. I I wanted to remember what it is, and I think it's three four three. Obviously, many of the people who work there have been with Halo from the beginning, and so they. I I think they're going to keep it intact. But I just I want it to have that emphasis on things that Call of Duty 
doesn't, uh, like uh, specialized weapons and uh, vehicles and things like that, um, I, I think really make Halo unique. And I don't want it to just become... Because the one thing I've noticed as well, and I, games have always kind of been like this, well, sort of. Like The reason I like Reach so well is because everybody spawned with a DMR which is a precise, hard weapon to use if you if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, the standard standard Halo style that everybody uses now is... Or not that everybody uses now. The standard Halo loadout that you spawn with is an assault rifle and a pistol, which is classic Halo in one sense, but at the same time, it's really just kind of reminiscent of Call of Duty. You got your side, you got your side arm, and you've got your machine gun. And it really doesn't take a whole, whole lot of skill to be good in that game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but like, I mean, in Call of Duty, you level up and you get perks and you create a loadout eventually. And the difference in Halo is map control and knowing where weapons spawn, when they spawn, when to grab them. Because, you know, the rocket launcher, the sword, or the sniper, or the... Is the DMR in Halo 5 or did they switch it back to a battle rifle? It's uh, Both are in there. Oh, both are in there? So, you know, knowing where the DMR or the battle rifle is, like... That's where Halo's different. Like, everyone starts on the same playing field, and then it's up to people with skill, speed, and knowledge to kind of take control of the map. I think that's where you get that traditional Halo. Because, you know, I remember that in Halo 2, running to get to certain weapons, uh, waiting for that sword to spawn, things like that. And I think it's cool that they kept that in halo 5 yeah you know yeah I agree. and didn't succumb to a loadout a complete loadout system uh didn't reach even have like somewhat of a loadout system like there were different ones with different perks yeah like, yeah that was when they started introducing the armor abilities so they had like the jetpack was one sprint was another um, overshield was another armor lock was another things like that so yeah so it's. I think they balanced it out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I've, I feel like it's a pretty balanced game, and every time I play, I have a good shot to win, even though I'm not the best at it. I've won a decent amount of matches, so right. I'm happy with it, though. I really like it. I really am looking forward to spending more time with it, though, and I think it's fun. For the next seven days. Yeah. Es- es- Six days. The thing is, I'm wondering how much ah, time... see... Ooh, I just thought of something. What's that? Because you bought the Pip-Boy edition so you have to wait for it to come to you in the mail yeah i mean so there 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 will be hours on tuesday where you cannot play um yeah i mean i've already known that up front but i'll be at school i'll be at school i'll be at school tuesday morning so i mean it's not like it really matters no that's good so i'm hoping i I just thought of that i was like man that that kind of sucks for you because you won't be able to do a midnight launch or something yeah by the time i get home tuesday i'm hoping it'll be here if not that'll suck but whatever are you working the midnight launch? Do they no, are they making you no, do that? No, they're not. I, I worked the midnight launch for Call of Duty this week when we're expecting 150 plus. So, wow, that'll be fun. I want to hear all about that yeah, next week if episode. I survive it. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping fall it'll be here by the time I get home from school next week. If not, I I hope so too for you. I do. I really. I really do. I had a a student today in one of the classes I teach. Uh, I've known for a few weeks. He's a big Fallout fan. His computer wallpapers Fallout, so is his phone. We've talked about it in passing. Um, And today when he was leaving class, just, you know, polite, typical gesture, he said, see you next week. And I looked at him and I said, "Uh, no, you won't. (laughs) Because I know what he'll be doing next Tuesday. 
Yeah, I would honestly love to skip next Tuesday, but I have to work in the evening. Plus, it, like you said, I'm already waiting for it. Yeah, so I, I know that. I may life. as well just go to school, get my work out of the way, come home, and hopefully it's on my front doorstep. If not, oi, it's gonna be. I'm. I would. It's. A... Did you buy? Did you buy? But I know you bought both PS4 and Xbox One, yeah. and you're selling the PS4 one to your friend. But did you buy them from the same retailer? Yeah, both are both are coming from Amazon. So, I would. I would crack up if they were separate shipments like separate boxes yeah and the ps4 one showed up first for whatever reason because that's the one you're not playing yeah and you just had to wait for the xbox that'd be, that'd be i'd awful. get a sick i'd get a sick kick out of that uh, that'd be like it's just slightly twisted that would suck um <sighs> that'd be torture yeah i wouldn't like that but i'm honestly just hoping i have to work next tuesday as well which also stinks um but I'm just hoping that I can get the, the I can get the game in time before my shift starts so that I can actually download and install it to my Xbox because that's one of the least favorite things about the Xbox to me is that I got Halo on launch night a couple, uh, what, last week I guess it was. And the thing, I, I got home around 12.30 and I popped it in and I stayed up until probably 1 or 1.15 and it still wasn't done installing. I hate that about Xbox. It's awful. Yeah, the Xbox is weird where, like, even if you have the disc, it's still downloading the game. Yeah, I hate it. It's I saw, I saw. I think Arthur Geese said, he said, if you're not a fan of waiting to download or something, he's like, just go rent the game, install it off the disc, return the game, then purchase it digitally on the Xbox store. And, like, since it's already there, you don't have to wait for the full 50 gigs or whatever the game is but yeah xbox xbox is weird with that market like you i don't know how it works it's just but weird like a, you pop in a ps4 game that's a 50 gigabyte download i mean and it or not download it's a 50 gigabyte install and it's done in a minute if that you pop in halo 5 and it's 45 to 50 gigabytes it takes two hours to download it's weird it's really weird i i I've disliked Xbox for that reason for a long time. Now, given I I knew it was also downloading a nine gigabyte patch for the game. True, true. I knew it was downloading that, but at the same time, I knew when the initial install was done because I had to prompt the game to download the patch. The install itself still took about forty five minutes for me. Not cool, Xbox. Not cool. So that was just the basic install, and then once I did click on the game and choose to play it, it said. There's a patch for this game. Would you like to download it? It's nine gigabytes. I was like, yes, of course. Go ahead. So, that was, yeah, I that was a complete. I remember when Infamous Second Son came out the day of. I bought the collector's edition off Amazon, and it was in a similar situation as you, where I had school, and then uh, you know, then I had some time in the afternoon, and then I had work in the evening, and I was closing at the restaurant that I used to work at, and uh. I waited all day, and it wasn't at my house until literally five minutes before I had to leave for my shift. UPS showed up with the package, so I got to open it and then think about it all at work. It was rough. So I hope that doesn't happen to you. Yeah, hopefully not. And if it does, I don't know. We'll see. I'll play it enough. See, that's the other thing, too. As much as I want to play the game and dive into Fallout is... I, I realize it's a game that I will be playing for literally months 
And so it's not like like you you were talking about Uncharted earlier. Uncharted, it's going to be you want to get it, you want to play it, you want to get through that story because you're so excited to see what happens. Fallout's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fallout's I mean, not something I'm like dying to get through because it's not really something you get through. It's more of just something... Yeah, I was just going to ask, Fallout really isn't... I mean, there is a story, correct? Yeah, yeah, of course. But, like, that's... I mean, there's... There's an overall story, but it's more about... Yeah, there's so much more to do in that game than a story. Yeah, it's not just... I feel like you wouldn't want to get through it. Um, Yes and no. I mean, you do, but at the same time... I don't know. Uh, The story is always worth getting through, but you can kind of... I, to do it at sorry, your own pace. I did. I did mean get through the game, like be done oh, with the game, yeah. not just the story. Yeah, because yeah. I'm sure you want to see the story, but you know, yeah. I mean, so there's games. There's games that I want to get through and I want to finish and I want to be done with. Like Metal Gear is one of those games, for instance, right now where I'm still not through the story, and I really wish oh, I was. I, I haven't touched Metal Gear in quite a while. Uh, I was still playing it up until about a week or two ago, and it's just one of those games that I really want to get through. I love it to death. I really do love the game, but it's like I just want to get through it because I'm afraid I'll never have time to go back to it. And, yeah, I mean, Fallout's not like that. Fallout's not really like, I got to beat this to just get through it. I'm trying to make sure that I'm done and I'm finished with all other games so that Fallout can just be the game that I sink my time into. Like I said, it's like you with Destiny, or like you were with Destiny at least, where... You're yes. constantly playing Destiny and then playing other things around it. That's how I'll be with Fallout. I'll probably always be playing Fallout at least a little bit and then playing everything else around it. Cause I, I pick up what you're throwing down, bro. Because I'm also interested in getting Tomb Raider next week, but I don't think I'll do that. I'll actually probably get Tomb Raider on Black Friday week. But anyway, I like how this has just kind of turned into November November games. Hype, hype, hype for November games topic but yeah and then we've got battlefront the week after that so that'll be really fun battlefront's in two weeks <sighs> fallout tomb raider battlefront bam 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 out of all of those i'd be most excited for tomb raider but that's just me tomb raider looks really fun but we'll see anyway with that i think it's late enough now to where we're both at least i'm getting very tired um yes you're still on your coffee drinking. I am, caffeine, surprisingly. Caffeine hype. Um, Caffeination. With that, be sure to email us if you want to email us this week and say, Hey, Logan, you seemed real tired on the podcast. And I'll say, Yeah, I know. I was. It was late. I was a little sleepy. And I was thinking about Fallout. And Fallout made me want to go dream about Fallout. So I was kind of tired. If you want to send me an email like that, you can email us at mgspodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. We would love any constructive criticism you might have for the show, and we'd love to just hear what you think. Send us your topics. Send us your your Pinterest pages and uh, links to tweets and um, Facebook group profile pages that you want us to join i mean just send us an email and put whatever you want in the body of that email and we will yeah. we will read it whoa 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 let's hold on there don't send anything you want in the body of an email i mean you can send you can send whatever i'm fine with it send whatever i mean delete buttons only a click away if it's truly awful but 
um, send whatever you want. Um, we're also on Twitter. I am at moreman12. Max is at Max the White. You can follow the show at MGS Podcast. Follow that. Follow that account if you want updates and things like that. Me and Max usually retweet that account. So if you follow us individually but don't want to follow the show, you'll probably still see tweets from the show on your timeline at some point. But you should follow the show page as well. Um, and with that, I think that's everything. We'll probably have one more show before Fallout's out, and we then the show will probably be over. So I, we've had a good run. We'll top it off at 27 episodes and call it a podcast. Um, but yeah, we'll be back hopefully Tuesday of next week. We'll post a show. And then I expect the show after that. Max, for better or worse, expect me to talk about Fallout quite a bit. I absolutely want you to. I want to hear all about it. I want to ask questions. Go for it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the leaks this week, I've looked at all of them because I do not care. So I've looked at everything. How can you and... not care? You can kill people with teddy bears. It does. I, I, I don't care. Like, teddy bear murder doesn't matter to me. I've looked at all the leaks, GIFs, videos. Game still looks rough graphically, but I, don't understand. I understand. I don't understand I, that I, part, but... I do I do understand there's more to a game than graphics and if the game is fun to play that is what trumps that. So but still I've looked at everything. It's great. You know, it's it's great not caring about a game that everyone else cares about and kind of like knowing things other people don't in regards of like spoiler things. So it's fun. So I'm re- I am really excited to hear everything you think about after a week with Fallout. So I'm really stoked for that episode in 2 weeks. As am I. And so, with that, I think we're going to call it a show, and I'm going to call it a night, and so I can go to sleep. So, I'm Logan. That's Max. Thanks for joining us this week.